Thank you for joining me today. I'm Jerry Savell. It's a privilege and an honor to share the Word of God with you each and every week. And I appreciate all of you that are faithful viewers and all of you that are partners with our ministry. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being such a blessing to us. And that's what we want to be to you as well. We want to be a blessing to you. And one of the ways that we believe we can be a blessing to you is to teach you the uncompromising Word of God every time you turn on that television set and watch this broadcast. You're not going to hear any unbelief. You're not going to hear any religious tradition. You're going to hear the Word of the living God that will change your life. This week we're talking about experiencing the glory of God. And once again, as I mentioned last week, this is our last segment in the Believers Convention here in Fort Worth, Texas, sponsored by Kenneth Copeland Ministries, where I was speaking on experiencing the glory of God. And in this session, I was talking about God is the God of surprises. God wants to surprise you in the ways that He manifests His glory in your life, His presence, His power, and His goodness. I want to read once again from Job chapter 5 and verse 9. Job, speaking of God, says, He doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. The message translation says, He's famous for great and unexpected acts, and there's no end to His surprises. God wants to surprise you. You know, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 2, it says, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. In the literal Hebrew, that word overtake, uh, one of the meanings is surprise. In other words, God wants to overtake you with surprises. He wants to uh, uh, not only honor what you are believing Him for, but the Bible says He does exceeding abundant above all that you can ask or think. That means He'll also surprise you. So, we're going to teach you how to expect surprises from God in this session. So, watch now, listen closely, and I'll be back at the end with some closing remarks. Now, Psalm 78, verses 6 through 16, I won't read all those verses, but it says, Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers. And then later it says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Now, God's doing all these signs and wonders and miracles in their life. But they soon forgot. Every time they'd come up against another crisis, they'd forget about this God who did marvelous things for them before. It, it's like a, almost like a, a, a history book in Psalm 78, talking about all the things God did for them. And then the next time they come up against something uh, impossible looking, they would say, but can he do this? Or, or can he do that? And it, it, it said in their limiting God, it provoked him. And it says, and they tempted him and limited him. And if you study it closely, you'll find out they did it in two primary ways. Number one, with their talk and with their small thinking. Amen. Amen. You don't, you don't ask, can God do this? God can do anything. Can God do this? Yes, He can. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. All things are possible to him that believeth, praise God. Amen. We don't see more 
of the glory of God manifesting in our lives simply because we don't talk it and we limit him. He's unlimited. Just because you haven't seen all he can do doesn't mean that he can't do it. Amen. And I realize there are, there are stages of growth. You know, when Carol and I first started, we couldn't believe God to have a brand new car totally paid for in full. But I could believe for a good used one. <laughs> Amen. And that's when I started. And one of the ways that you can determine where your faith level is, remember those guys that, that asked Jesus to do something for them and he said, do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you believe I'm able to do this? And without hesitation, they said, yay, Lord. Now, if you want to know where your level of faith is, whatever you're believing God for, whatever, whatever it is that you need, and no matter how impossible it looks, Ask yourself, do I really believe God can do this? And if there's any hesitation before you say yes, then you're not ready. You're not ready. Well, how do I get ready, Brother Jerry? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Go read some more stories in the Bible of impossible things happening. The more you read those things, uh, it'll increase your faith. It'll cause your faith to go to another level. I, 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 that's the test that I put on myself every time I ask myself, Jerry Savelle, do you believe God can and do you believe God will do this? If there's any hesitation of me being able to say immediately, yes, then I'm not quite there yet. So just keep feeding my faith. Keep feeding my faith. Keep feeding my faith. Keep feeding my faith. And then there'll come a time when you ask that question, do you believe God's able to do this? And I mean, it'll come out of you so quick. Yes, yes. you're ready now. Amen. You just removed the limitations. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. So the glory of God, seeing the glory of God includes marvelous things, awesome things, wondrous things. Hallelujah. And don't limit him, once again, to just the way you've seen him do it before. Amen? Amen? Just because God met a need through a certain person, that doesn't mean he's going to use that same person again. And just because he did it through a check that showed up in your mailbox, don't limit God to the mailbox. Amen? I've had God do it in ways I couldn't have dreamed up in a thousand years. Amen. My first airplane that God put in this ministry, I'd have never dreamed in a thousand years that it would happen the way it did. I was out in West Texas. I've told this story before, but it's my sermon. I can tell it again if I want to. It's faith building. I was out in West Texas in, in uh, Andrews, Texas. And... Uh, they had asked me to come and preach this meeting. When I got there, the pastor said, are you ordained through our organization? I said, well, what is your organization? He told me, and I said, no, I'm not. He said, well, then you can't preach in our church. I said, why not? He said, well, you're not ordained through our organization. 
I said, but you invited me to come. He said, well, if I'd have known you weren't ordained in our organization, I wouldn't have invited you. Now the deacon was standing there and he wouldn't even let me in a church. I'm standing outside. And uh, the deacon was standing there next to him. And when the pastor walked away, the deacon apologized. He said, Brother Jerry, I am so sorry. I had no idea my pastor would react this way. He said, uh, if I can find a place for you to preach, will you stay? I said, I'm here. That's what I came for. He said, well, don't leave town. Uh, I'll, I'll find something. Now, Andrews is not a big place. They got a main street. You know, years ago, I mean, it was an extremely prosperous area with the oil, so forth. And, uh, uh, but there's just a main street, you know, and, and uh, a lot of the people that were there back in the day of the oil boom, they're not there anymore. Some of them are, but not all of them. And so he came back to that little motel we were in. He said, I found a place, the only place in Andrews that we can have a meeting. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's an abandoned laundromat. It's on Main Street. I said, an abandoned laundromat? He said, yes, but we'll have to go uh, push the washers and dryers aside and uh, we're going to have to find some chairs and, and uh, you know. So we all, Carolyn, myself, my daughters, I had, I had two staff members at that time. We all went to the laundromat and were pushing broken down washers against the wall and, and dryers against the side walls and found some chairs and, and, uh, and we had a meeting there that night, opening night. And it was only about, well, let's see. It was me and Carolyn and Terry and Jerry and Charles Neiman worked for me at that time and his wife. And there were six of us and the deacon and his wife. So that's eight people. And when I invited them to sow into the offering, it was pitiful. My family didn't even give anything. He brought a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket for the offering. And it still smelled like Kentucky Fried Chicken. I think he had Kentucky Fried Chicken that day and just cleaned the bucket up and brought it for the, the offering. It didn't take long to count the offering that night. And I, I agreed to do three services a day for the next three days. So 10 o'clock the next morning. Now I'm preaching like the place is packed out. I'm preaching on faith. And so, uh, uh, you know, we got a few more people. Then that night we gained a few more people. And, you know, finally we got about 15 people. And uh, the last morning service. Now I'm, I'm standing here against the wall. My pulpit was a broken down dryer. <laughs> and I can see the, from the glass, you know, uh, I can see the street outside. I could see people passing by. People knew that laundromat had been abandoned for a long time. And when they saw people in there, a lot of people would come up to the window and put their face up there like, and I'd say, and they'd go, you know. But one morning, the last morning, there was a pickup truck pulled up and I could see the man in the pickup truck had a straw hat on, bib overalls, and he was a large man. And he got out of that truck and he come into the laundromat 
And he just kept walking toward me. He didn't take a seat. He just kept walking toward me. And I said, sir, would you like to take a seat? And he said, no. And uh, I said, well, uh, I'm having a service here. Now, this boy was a country boy. I mean, he's a really country boy. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about he's so country, he had to go toward town to hunt. (laughs) He lives so far in the country, the June bugs don't show up till July. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I can't talk exactly like him, but I'll do my best. And he takes off that straw hat. And this is a large man, big man, bib overalls, dust all over him. When he took a hat off, he beat it against his leg and dust flew everywhere. <laughs> he walked up to me and he said, my name is Oop. I said, pardon me? <laughs> my name is Oop. I said, well, Mr. Oop, would you like to take a seat? No, wouldn't. He said, I was out riding my tractor. That's pretty obvious. He'd been out riding his tractor. He said, now, Sonny Boy kept calling me Sonny Boy. Sonny Boy, I don't have any education. I can't read nor write, but God talks to me. He said, now, I was out riding my tractor. I said, I got that part. He said, and God spoke to me and told me there's a young preacher boy in Andrews preaching in the laundromat that needs an airplane. Are you him? I thought there there couldn't be two people doing this. I'm the only one in town doing this. (laughs) I said, yes, I must be him. He said, well, I was out riding my trailer. I said, I got that part. And God spoke to me and told me there's a young preacher boy in Andrews in the laundromat. And he said, "And, and he needs an airplane. And God spoke to me and told me to bring you some money for that airplane. And he started pulling money out of every pocket in bib overalls and just piled it at my feet. And then he put his hat back on. He said, now, I'm done. Did what God told me to do. You'll never see me again unless God tells me. I'll never come into Andrews again unless God tells me. I won't give you any more money unless God tells me. Then he turned around and walked out. We're all standing there with our mouths wide open. I, I looked at Karen and I said, did that really happen? She said, look at your feet. There's money piled up in my feet. I thought, that's the biggest angel I've ever seen in my life. He got in his truck and he drove off. Now, when I got back to the room, I counted the money there and it wasn't near enough to buy an airplane, but it was the first time anybody had ever said to me, God told me to sew into that airplane. Oop started it off. Oop started it off. Amen. He was the first one who listened to God and, and did what God told him to do. Now, it wasn't long after that. In fact, the money that Oop gave me The Lord asked me one day, he said, son, do you really believe you have an airplane? I said, yes, sir, I do. According to Mark 11, 23 and 24, I believe when I see, I I prayed and I believed I received when I prayed. 
He said, then why aren't you acting like it? I said, well, Lord, how does one act like he has an airplane? Get out on the runway? I mean, <laughs> he said, well, you could start by getting a hanger. You can't park it in your backyard, son. I, that was a revelation to me. I need a hanger. <laughs> so I went out to Meacham Field over here and I talked to a man about hangers. He said, you got to fill out an application. I filled out an application, put my name, name of the ministry, my address, phone number and all. Then it said, type of aircraft. I left it blank. I don't know what kind of airplane I got. <laughs> color. I don't know what color it is. Single, twin, multi, you know, I don't know. I got an airplane. I just, I just can't see it yet. And I signed the bottom and I gave it back to him. He said, you didn't complete the application. I said, I, I completed all I know. He said, don't you have an airplane? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, why didn't you fill in the part about the type of aircraft and all that? I said, I don't know. He said, do you really have an airplane? I said, yes, I do. He said, do you own it? I said, yes, I do. He said, but you don't know what kind it is? I said, no, I don't. He said, is it single engine or twin engine? I said, I don't know. He said, you hadn't even looked to see if it's got one engine or two in? He said, do you actually own this airplane? I said, yes, I do. Now I realize now, you know, he don't have a clue what I'm doing. So I had a New Testament in my pocket. I took it out and opened Mark 11, 23 and 24. I said, sir, I'm in the ministry. I need an airplane. God told me I couldn't fulfill what I'm called to do without airplanes. And he, and he, he told me to, to believe and use my faith for an airplane. And I said, Hebrews chapter 11 says, faith is the title deed to things hoped for. So when you asked me if I had an airplane, if I'm going to agree with the Bible, then yes, I have an airplane. I have title deed and the title deed is my faith. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He said, well, I don't understand that. I said, well, I need a hanger. I said, I can't, I, the airplane won't manifest till I get a hanger. He said, well, I just had you fill out an application. He said, I didn't say you were going to get a hanger today. He said, in fact, there's a waiting list. I said, I can't wait. I got to have a hanger today. He said, well, we don't have a hanger. I said, sir, you don't understand. I have to have a hanger because if I don't have a hanger, then I'm not demonstrating through corresponding actions, my faith. And he said, uh, well, we, I'm sorry, we don't have any hangers. And finally I said, okay, then you'll be happy with when you meet God and he asked you, why didn't you give Jerry Savelle a hanger? You kept Jerry Savelle from having an airplane. Can you live with that? He said, no, I'll give you my hanger. And so, <laughs> so he gave me his hanger, moved his airplane out and gave me his hanger. Now I got a hanger, you know? <laughs> I said, okay, God, I've done my part. I took the money that, that Oop gave me got that hanger, leased it for a year and so forth. And, and now where's the airplane? Well, it didn't manifest immediately, but it wasn't long after that. I come back from a meeting where Fred Price and I were asked to come to Omaha, Nebraska and do a faith seminar together. And uh, Carolyn and I and, and Fred and Betty Price 
We're all up there together. And when the meeting was over with, uh, we went to the airport in Omaha and Fred and Betty uh, went one direction in the airport there to catch their flight to LA and Carol and I went another direction to catch our flight back to Dallas-Fort Worth. So we said our goodbyes and so forth and, and we're walking down the terminal to the gate and it just hit me. I don't know how to explain it. It just hit me. I just knew that I knew that I knew that my airplane was about to manifest. I don't know how to tell you other than I just knew that I knew. And I turned and I shouted at Fred Price. There are people in the airport. And I hollered, Fred, Fred, hey, Fred. And finally he heard me and he turned around and said, yeah, what is it, brother? I said, I'm not moved by this. I've got my own airplane and it's about to manifest. He said, I believe it, brother. Bye. And it was like a tennis match in there between Fred and I, you know, people watching. And when we landed at Dallas, Fort Worth, my general manager picked me up and he said, uh, someone called today and wants to know if you can meet them at this restaurant in Dallas uh, this evening. And, and we knew the people. And uh, this was way back before cell phones. This is like 1974 or five. And uh, so we had to stop at a service station for a payphone to make a call. And I called him. I said, yeah, we'd be happy to meet you. We're in Dallas-Fort Worth Airport right now, and we'd be happy to meet you. So we went over to a place that used to be there called Southern Kitchen. It was a great restaurant. And uh, we're sitting there, and the person who invited us to come said, Brother Jerry, the reason why we ask you to come to dinner tonight is because God spoke to us about two years ago to give you our airplane but we've been believing God to pay it off because God said, don't give it to him until it's debt free. And said, we've been believing God to pay it off and we just paid it off today. And that's the reason we wanted to, to call you and have you come have dinner with us tonight. And here's the keys and we'll fly it over tomorrow. Tell us where you want us to deliver it. We'll bring you the title deed. Hallelujah. And I heard God say, surprise. Surprise. That was nine debt-free airplanes ago. And every time God has said, surprise, surprise. Folks, God wants to show you his glory. But it's not likely you'll see it if you keep thinking small and talking negative. And the more words you get on the inside of you, then the, the, the larger your capacity to believe God for bigger things yes. begins to develop on the inside of you. Can you say amen? amen? Don't limit God because of your background. Don't limit God because of the color of your skin. Don't limit God because of the way you were raised. And don't limit God because nobody in your family has ever, ever, ever uh, been wealthy or, or prosperous or successful. Well, why don't you break the mold and let God start with you, praise God. Can you say amen? What would it be like if the glory of God was manifested in your life? 
Scripture gives us many examples of God's glory being revealed and changing impossible situations. Sadly, many Christians today are unaware of this miraculous power. In his new eye-opening resource, Show Me Your Glory, Jerry Savelle reveals the biblical principles to experiencing the manifested glory of God in your life. This is your opportunity. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this life-changing package, including the all-inclusive book and six-CD teaching, Show Me Your Glory. In this prophetic teaching, you'll discover the three characteristics of the glory, the prerequisites for experiencing the glory, and how the glory will cause you to walk in victory and triumph. Don't delay. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and order your copy of this special resource today. Now, we've had a good time talking about the glory of God, and I trust it's been a blessing to you. I trust it's inspired your faith, and I trust that you will begin to expect the glory of God manifesting your life on a daily basis. Start believing and expecting that God is going to manifest His presence, His power, and His goodness. That's His desire. That's His will. You remember way back in our study where God, uh, where actually Moses said to the Father, he said, I beseech thee, show me your glory. And the first two words that God said to him in response to his request was, I will. And I believe that's the will of God for you and me today. God wants to show us his glory. He wants you to experience his presence, his power, and his goodness. He wants to do good things in your life. And I believe, praise God, if you'll begin to expect it, then you're going to have more and more testimonies of experiencing the goodness of God. And I believe, praise God, that as you do, you're going to give the testimony of it and inspire other people to believe God to see his glory. And praise God, it's just going to spread and spread and spread. Listen, if you want to know more about this subject, Experiencing the Glory of God, I've written a book, Show Me Your Glory, and it's taken right out of the Word of God. It'll show you how to position yourself to experience the glory of God in your life on a daily basis. And also, six CDs with the same title, Show Me Your Glory. I preached this in a church where I was there for several nights, had an opportunity to expound upon it, and we captured it uh, uh, by recording it. And praise God, it is such a powerful series of messages that I want you to order it right away. So do so. Now, all the uh, ordering information is on the screen, so you can place your order. We'll get it to you as soon as we possibly can, and I know you're going to enjoy it. Hey, before we leave the air, let me share a couple of testimonies with you. Here's from Mariana. She said, I followed your prayer petition series on the Believer's Voice of Victory Network, and after watching, I applied the principles toward my wedding. I sowed a seed, believing for a wedding ring. After sowing the seed, I'm happy to report I was not only blessed with a beautiful ring that was given to me, but also I was blessed with a dream wedding guest for less than $150. Well, Mariana, we rejoice with you, praise God. And that's just the beginning of God showing you you his goodness. And here's one from Raymond. He says, I requested prayer two days ago because my scheduled hours from one of my part-time jobs had been removed from the schedule. Praise God. God has given me great favor. My hours have been restored. I have a better schedule now. God is so good to me. 
praise His holy name forever. Raymond, we rejoice with you. God is good, and praise God, I encourage you to do just exactly what you said, praise His name forever. And Barbara, here's one uh, that says, I have been waiting 10 years, but God provided me with the job at the company that I've been believing for for 10 years. God's faithful. God is faithful, and He'll be faithful to you as well. Thank you for watching. Join me again next week. We'll begin a brand new series of messages. Until then, Jerry Savelle reminding you, your faith will overcome the world.